Hi, welcome to Access Podcast, the podcast about podcast. I'm Maddie Stout, and I was lucky enough to get to do a live show in Boston with one of my favorite podcasters, Holly Fry, from one of the most popular podcasts in the world, Stuff You Missed in History Class. Now, we recorded this at the Revere Hotel in Boston and had an amazing time in front of a live audience. Holly is not only the host of that show, but she writes and acts as executive producer on several podcasts for How Stuff Works. During this conversation, we talk about history, podcasting, Star Wars, and a whole lot more. And don't forget, after the conversation, producer Morgan will be in and we will be telling you about three podcasts that you should binge. But right now, let's check out a clip from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The early bourbon rule in Spain is one that I find fascinating because it's often boiled down to a little bit of a degree of sensationalism owing to the sexual appetites of some of the bourbons and how much people like to write about that. But of course, there's a whole lot more to the whole thing than that. And it is a very important family line. Holly, thanks for coming on Access Podcast live from Boston. Did you just say Wicked Pissa? Nice. Nice. I love Boston. So for folks listening at home, Holly and I are in Boston, and we are part of a, uh, a panel discussion today about podcasting. Yeah, which we both do. We both do. I, I want to start with that. You know, we get a lot of questions about podcasting, and, you know, it's for us, we've been doing it for a while. It's still a new medium for a lot of folks. What are some of the most common things that you get asked consistently about being a podcaster and podcasting? I get asked all the time if we write our own show. I get asked if my assistants could maybe talk to somebody, and then I laugh and laugh and laugh. I always crack up when I'm listening to other podcasts, and at the end, they run through their credits, and they're like, and this person touched the microphones, and this person, and it's like, it's me and Tracy and one person who records us, and that's all it's ever been. We get asked a lot about just sort of the technical aspects, you know, what they need to set up. Our previous producer, Noel, actually put together like a really quick Word document that we could hand out to people that has kind of a basic information and, and mics you can use, et cetera, that I sometimes hand out. It's a little outdated now. Otherwise, I would offer it to everyone again. It needs a little update. Those are probably the big ones. So you just came back from Ireland. I did. And we were at dinner last night, and you're telling me about your trip, and I'm just sitting there thinking, when you started in this business, did you ever imagine that you would get to do the kind of things that you get to do now because of being a podcaster? No, I feel like the most spoiled child in the universe almost every day. My trip to Ireland was kind of a two-parter. There is a travel show that we're working on developing, and so we were there for that for part of it. And for the other, it was for my hobby podcast, Full of Sith, which is a Star Wars podcast. And Tourism Ireland asked if we wanted to come over and tour filming sites uh, that have been used in the, the recent Star Wars films. So, yeah, I mean, just... Again, I feel like the luckiest, most ridiculously undeserving. No one could deserve all the fun that we get to have. <laughs> so talk about how you got started in podcasting, because I, I think we're, we're getting to a point where there actually will be young people who are like, my dream is to be in podcasting. But for those of us who are not under the age of 25, it wasn't, right. it wasn't an option when we got out of college. How right. did you it end was, up in it? It was not a job that I ever knew I would have. My background is in, uh, my degree is in theater and film study, so there's a, a performative element to my background anyway, but I also have a, a writing degree, and so I had gotten hired at How Stuff Works to copy edit. I was the tech editor, so when, when new Apple products came out, we would have an, a writer write an article, and I would then edit it and then get it published. 
switched, and I did that for a long time. I had actually only been at the company, I think, about eight months when uh, Tracy, who is my co-host on Stuff You Missed in History class, and I were at a party at work, a work event, being kind of snarky because that's something we're excellent at. And our boss overheard us, and the next morning he called us in his office and said, I think maybe you guys should have a podcast. And we started off with a podcast about pop culture called Pop Stuff, which had a very dedicated following, but it wasn't like a particularly huge numbers thing. It went on for a while, and then around the same time, the people who had been hosting Stuff You Missed in History class, because it existed before we were part of it, one had gone on maternity leave, and I had subbed in for her during that time. And then after she came back, she uh, got the opportunity to take another really great job that was going to be a, a great step for her. And so she took it, and at the same time, her co-host was kind of like, you know, this podcast is, a, she literally was like, this is a bear, it's exhausting. Our show is a little more labor-intensive than some others, because there's so much research involved. We do about 24 hours of solid research and writing before we ever get in front of a mic. And when that's your side job, in addition to your regular workload, that's a lot. And so it can wear you out in a hurry. And so they were ready to step away and we ended up taking over Stuff You Missed in History class for that reason and then we sunsetted Pop Stuff. And it's dominated my life ever since. You're just talking about the process for your show. And I think that I want to talk more about that because when we're doing it right, when a podcast is done right, it does sound effortless. And it sounds like just two people talking. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, wow, they are just off the cuff, know so much. (laughs) No. I know that's not true. Notes and cheats. But how, you know, go through that process of, you know, when you have an idea for something for the show and then to the point where somebody hears it. Yeah, so for us, because it is a history podcast, and uh, I mentioned earlier during our panel discussion, I have a list of like 700 possible topics I can turn to, but really it's just a matter of finding something that sparks your interest that you know you're going to be willing to spend a week with, because it is a pretty intensive week of research and looking around and kind of beating the bushes to find information that maybe hasn't been brought to light before. And then once we find that topic... I have a little bit more, I think, uh, chaotic approach to it than Tracy. She's super organized, and I kind of like to take in as much information as quickly as I can. So what I do is I find one really good article on it, usually like somewhere like Smithsonian or some article in a specific journal on JSTOR, and I just read it and get a sense of the topic. And then I write out bullets of like things that I think cannot be left out. And then I just start like an insane search. I go to the library... What's that? I know. Um, I actually worked in library science for a decade, so I still really, libraries are near and dear to my heart. I will go to the library. I will do online searches. I often have, like, no joke, 100-plus tabs open in my browser just to make our IT guy go insane. And then as I'm I'm kind of peeling away those layers of research, I'll be closing my tabs out, and that's kind of how I gauge where I'm at in the process of preparation. I'm like, oh, look, I'm down to 30 tabs. I'm almost done. I could take a break and watch some garbage television. And then once we get that all written out, Tracy and I hand those off to each other. We each take the lead on one of the episodes per week because it is essentially two research papers a week that we're writing. And then uh, we look over those and then we run in the studio and talk, talk, talk. Speaking of talking, you're somebody I, from the first time I met, I've always enjoyed talking to. And I think it's a lot of our white trash heritage uh, that we have in common. But in general, with people in podcasting, they have to be engaging Storytellers, Ideally, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, I want to speak to that as far as what you think takes, um, goes into someone being a good storyteller and engaging for a listener to, to, uh, to have that experience where they, they feel like they're their friend. This may sound weird, but part of it for me is trusting your own gut. Like when I'm looking at a, a topic 
whether it is for my history podcast or like one of my side hobby ones. The thing, that one little detail that gets me excited or makes me go, oh, I didn't know that. That's like the thing that you need to find the space for in your narrative. And if you can find several of those on any one topic, you end up it comes together like a puzzle really beautifully usually. Like you'll see how the picture kind of starts to form and congeal and become clearer and sharper as you go. Uh, And so I think as long as you're looking for in your prep those moments that get you excited, that's what your audience is also going to get excited about. I'm a firm believer that podcasting makes people smarter. When I look at uh, my college students, sometimes I I scratch my head and wonder what's going to happen to the world until I find out how engaged they are with podcasts and that they're listening and they're being educated. And I I do feel that podcasting is a good force in the universe. Do you get a lot of feedback from listeners that they've learned things from you that have really benefit them in their lives. My One of my favorite things that we hear from listeners a lot is that they heard something on our show that made them want to travel somewhere, and they'll send us a postcard from that place and be like, remember when you talked about this person that did this thing here? I'm here. I'm standing where they lived. Um, and it makes, one, I love it because it makes history alive, and it reminds us all that history is the product of people. It's, it's people living and experiencing life and doing things, and it's not always people that were in seats of government, and it's not always people that were famous, but there were people, just as every one of us in this room is making history today in a certain way, every day you walk down the street, you're making some history, and so for people to be able to connect those dots and be like, I'm standing on this place where you know this woman did this thing that I never knew about until I heard it from you, and now... They, they wanted to make their own little pilgrimage because it spoke to them. That's, like, to me, incredibly moving. So the flip side of that, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have some very uptight, finicky listeners as well. Oh, yeah. What are, uh, what are some of the fun complaints that you guys get about the show, and, and how often are you called out for something that maybe you missed or I doubt you ever have, but... Oh, sure. We miss stuff. Um, <laughs> pronunciation is always a thing that people like to write us about, either because there's a local way to pronounce a word that we didn't know, or uh, we don't speak every language on earth. And so sometimes like there are, are subtle shifts in the way words are spoken in other cultures that because we didn't grow up speaking them, we just can't even replicate those noises. But I mean, I always warn people when they want to get into podcasting, be ready, especially if you're a woman, you will get the weirdest complaints. We have a person who pretty consistently writes to us about the way we say the word the. I'm not kidding. Um... (laughs) that person has some time, I'm presuming. And it's one of those things where I could get upset about it or I could just be like, I can't help you. Like, at the end of the day, like, I speak how I speak and and that's what it is. There are people that love my laugh on our show and there are people that hate my laugh on our show. And it's my honest laugh and I can't change it because then it becomes a very disingenuine thing that I'm doing. And that, as we said, is poison in a podcast, to be disingenuous. There are definitely people who wish we would talk less about women It's one of those things whenever I'm explaining our show to someone and they go, what is that? And I'm like, hey, did you know that there were women in history always? (laughs) Because you might not know if you picked up a history book. There were always people of color. There were always people all over the gender spectrum. There were always people who were upstarts. And those aren't always the people that get light shown on them. Um, And so that's kind of what we try to do. And there are people that do not like that all the time. And that's fine. (laughs) Fine. But maybe we're not the show for them. Yeah, I think I'm, now I'm listening to hear you say the word "the." I know, right? Yeah. I think in say that it. in that case, it was one of those instances where I had said for emphasis, 
something like, this is the most important thing. And she was like, that's the incorrect use of the. And I'm like, okay. Suck it. Right. That's what I say to those listeners. <laughs> I mean, they're certainly entitled to their opinion. It's one of those things you can either get really upset about it or just, if it's a legitimate error that we made, we always want to correct it. We'll usually include that in a listener mail, like if we got something factually incorrect, uh, which does come up not too often, I'm thankful for, but once in a while, it's just going to happen. But if it's something like that, I, again, I can't help that person. The fun stuff, history. Yeah. You get to talk about so many great times, period, themes in history. Do you have a favorite, and do you have a part of that you kind of wish you didn't have to talk about so much? Um, y- yes, to all of the above. My, I have a weird weakness for Queen Victoria. Um, super complicated reign that a whole imperialism problem is real. But as a person, she was super fascinating. Yeah. And if you read her letters to her eldest daughter, Vicky it peels back all of what you may think. We think of her as that very, like, we are not amused, um, stoic, but she was wildly funny and had hilarious things to say about, you know, the fact that even though she was the queen of a vast, vast range of places by that point, like, when she talks about pregnancy and rearing children, all of that falls away, and she's very blunt and honest with her kids about what they can expect from motherhood and how it is not always a lovely experience and how she thought babies were hideously ugly, but she, she just couldn't keep her hands off Albert, so she kept getting pregnant. Like, those are all very, very funny. I'm not kidding. Like, there's some... She was deeply into Albert, um, which is really great, and it's a part of her we don't always hear about, and so I love that. Um, I also love 18th century France a lot. I just It's largely a visual thing. I like talking about also just things that have impacted me in my life. We did a two-parter on Chaz Adams, who is one of my favorite cartoonists. The Adams Family is his work. Uh, and he was a fascinating man and just lived this sort of fantastic, slightly wild life of, like, the, the erudite New Yorker in the 40s and 50s. And, I mean, had an affair with Jackie Onassis and, like, this incredible life that people, again, don't always associate with a man who made these incredibly spooky characters that we all came to love. I'm going to tell you guys a secret. I don't really care for medieval history. (laughs) I know a lot of people love it, and it's not... I I recognize it as important, and I will never not do an episode on it because of that. But it's just not my jam. Um, (laughs) Medieval history is not my jam. It's not my jam. You should should make a shirt with that. I'm not as enthused about the clothing of that era. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is a little muddy and plain. Can we go back to Rococo, France? Because that was fancy. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean... Too much plague. Right. Uh, although we have done a number of episodes on anchorites and anchoresses of the medieval period, and they're fascinating. What, are, what is that? So those were people that decided that they would live in, this is a very simplified version, there's a lot more um, variation and subtlety, but like live in a room and think about man's relationship with God. They would be in like a small little room that was often like an add-on, like a lean-to or an adjacent to a church. Mm. And they would have like a window that people could pass their needs back and forth through. But they would write about their religious experience and often they had visions. And those are pretty fascinating. That's the the really fun part of the, the medieval era for me. You also have a passion for Star Wars that is... Uh, rabid. Rabid. Yeah. I think I like Star Wars and I think I know something about Star Wars. You talk to Holly for five minutes and you realize you know nothing. Jon Snow. Don't mean to cross my references I know, there. Right? Sorry You're about that. The, the nerds in the back are going, yeah, cross them. There we go. I want to talk about that in your other podcast, your side podcast, mm-hmm. as you call it. And just how, how did you get so fully enveloped in the Star Wars world? 
do you mean how did I fall in love with it or well, how did I become part of that community? How did you become part of that community in such a big way? I have been around long enough that I was there when it all started. So the first Star Wars film came out on my sixth birthday. I was foolhardy enough to think my parents had had it made for me um, and that like they were just letting other people watch. And so, and of course, like every child that sees Star Wars for the first time, it just blew my brain open and, and I just was in love. Um, I have a really ridiculous love of Greedo. He's my space BFF. And then there was this dark period between those films and the prequels where there were all these people that loved Star Wars but didn't know how to find one another. And thankfully for the inter- to the internet, we did. Um, and then when the prequels started coming out, I ended up on a message board called theforce.net, which continues in, in various iterations. And I ended up moderating their costuming section. And that's really how I started getting involved in the bigger community. And from then, it just, like, I still have the same friends I have from that message board 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, my, my best friend on earth, I met through that. And uh, she met her husband on the same message board. Like, it's a, a really special thing, I think, when you love something with that level of rabies and you haven't found your tribe and then you suddenly find them online. It's, it's, like, the, it's like drinking water when you've been walking the desert for days. And if you, I have a George Lucas story uh, I want to tell. I want to know if you've met George and what has your interaction been with him? I haven't met him. Uh, my co-host on Full of Sith, Brian Young, has. And he's, you know, busy in Chicago being a dad again and just hanging out and making, you know, he's still making films just for himself that will never be shown. Yes. He's going the Prince route, which is fascinating to me. Yeah. So, I mean, I know a lot of people at Lucasfilm. I wrote briefly for StarWars.com like a decade ago, so I still have a lot of friends there. Yeah, I mean, I if you ever get the chance to tour Lucasfilm, do it, because yeah. it's magical. So it was in San Francisco, and I, I used to do a radio show in San Francisco, um, and his daughter listened to our show. So Katie? Katie. Gotcha. So I, got, I took Katie to meet Alanis Morissette. She was in concert, and backstage, there is George, and it's just the two of us in a room for like 20 minutes. And I tell him this story of you know, when I was a kid, my mom saved money to take us to Star Wars. We didn't have any money. It was, it was a big deal. And then when the last movie came out, I was actually watched it at the ranch. They had a press event. And I called my mom and we cried on the phone because it was like, oh, you made it. We made it. You know, this kind of thing. And I tell George this story and I'm so excited and I think he's just going to be blown away by it. And I have four pictures on my wall and all of them are George L- Lucas looking at me and rolling his eyes. Like that man has to hear so many stories like that because yeah. people are so you know, they have these, these, there's so much of an attachment to his work yeah. that he gets a million, you know, people like me a day walking up and telling him how life-changing he was. Oh yeah. I mean, he has the unfortunate, um, luck of being an introvert that created something that <laughs> everyone on earth connects to in some way, which I, I feel so bad for him sometimes because I'm sure he would just like to go have a moment alone when he's out in the universe, um, out in the world, just doing his thing. But yeah, I mean, I have immense respect for him. I love the fact, I don't know if everybody knows that when he sold Lucasfilm to Disney for what, $4.2 billion, he didn't keep that money. He donated it all to CalArts so that their film school could have like the best of everything. His philanthropy is inspiring to me almost as much as anything he's created. Mm-hmm. So Full of Sith is the other podcast. What do people get when they listen to that? Nerds talking about Star Wars. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, uh, Brian Young, who is one of my regular co-hosts, also writes for StarWars.com and he writes for Star Wars Insider. So 
and his love is cinema of all kinds. So we do a lot of discussion about what inspired various things. There's a lot of Kurosawa talk as The Mandalorian is coming out later this year, which is a TV series that's going to be on Disney+, Plus, um, or as I like to call it to make it sound French, Disney+. Plus. They don't want me to do that. So that is very much inspired by spaghetti westerns, so we talk a lot about those and where the roots are there for some of the things that are going on now. Um, and sometimes we'll just pick, like, a character and talk about how that character impacts the, the greater, broader story. Yeah, we'll talk about all kinds of things. Anything you might wonder about. We also do a show called Fothentic History, which originally started as a joke for Stuff You Missed in History Class, which was that on April Fool's Day we thought it would be funny to do a piece of fiction as though it were real history. But because we get emails that say things like, you say the word the wrong, we thought maybe our listenership wouldn't really be ready for that. So Brian and I took that idea and made a podcast out of it. And so we are historians then talk about fake things like they're real. So we'll talk about the history of like um, the battle of Naboo as though it were real and how the, the various military factions put their stuff together. Or um, I'm working on one now that we'll record this weekend that is about Yubaba and Zaniba, who, if you are a Miyazaki fan, um, are the two sisters in Spirited Away that are the, the sort of counterpoint witches that drive that story. And we're talking about them as though they're real people <laughs> and they're like life stories and how they became at odds with one another. And the rule for that is that we can't make anything up. It all has to be based in the actual source material, and that becomes like a fun little side project. I, I just got done reading a history of the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. And, so you uh, understand. For Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I was talking to somebody, and as I'm telling them this stuff as if it was, like in my mind, it is real. When Jon Snow got on a dragon, you don't understand. That's a big <laughs> deal when you, uh, the dragon chooses a Targaryen. But I just bored half the room. There's maybe two Game of Thrones fans who know what I'm talking about. Before we end, because yeah. you know we're in a room full of people, it is kind of weird doing it live for me. I know you do live podcasts do all live the time. Shows. We do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class tours, so we get the benefit of having really great experiences meeting fans firsthand, and I love it, love it, love doing live shows. There are more people in this room than have ever listened to my podcast, so <laughs> thank you. Yay. <laughs> Go download it later. Got past episodes. Um, before I end, we always end with this thing. I'm a radio guy, so I like to do you know radio benchmarks, bits, funny things. This isn't that funny, but it's called Three Killer Questions. Uh-oh. And the first question I ask everyone is, if you could listen to a podcast featuring anyone living or dead or a combination thereof, who would be on the podcast? Oh, Oscar Wilde. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the <laughs> easiest thing on earth. Snarky and witty and historical. I love that man. Wow. Yeah, easy. Nobody else, just Oscar Wilde? I mean, he could pontificate for a while, I feel like. But, I mean, I would love to hear Queen Victoria do one, but it has to be her real self. not Her her, Philip. Not her royal self. That would be fun. Do you mean Albert? I mean Albert, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But that wouldn't be great, because Albert was kind of quiet, so I don't know how well that would play. Is there there any truth to the whole Prince Albert? In a can? Well, the the piercing? No. No? Come on. There is none? Okay. I don't know. I'm asking you. You're the history person. Question number two. What is the one piece of technology that when you first got it, you said, this right here is life-changing for me? My Wii. Really? Yeah. The idea that you could be that interactive with your gaming was delicious. And now, I mean, when I get to do VR stuff, if you guys have ever gone to one of the Void centers where they do like a VR experience... Oh, it's magical. Really? I've not done that. <gasps> Run and do it right now. They have a Star Wars one, obviously, <laughs> dorkdom. Um, and a new Star Wars one is coming, but they also have a Wreck-It Ralph one right now, which I love Wreck-It Ralph. So um, it's the f- most fun 
silliest, wonderful, you feel like a complete train wreck of a human because you're watching your hand and you're standing there doing this just because you're, everybody looks like they're high because you do spend a lot of time just going, and maybe they are are moving because you're moving, but you're seeing your hand in the VR world. It's fantastic. I love it. I love the way they put this together. The people that run it are great. They pay me nothing to say this. I just really love the void. You're taking me next time I'm in okay. Atlanta. Uh, and we finally, don't have one in Atlanta. We don't I'll come to LA. You have two, I think. We do mm-hmm. come to LA. Finally, what's the last podcast that you binged personally? Oh, uh, what's the tea with RuPaul and Michelle Visage? I love them. I love They're them. so good together. Well, my husband calls it church because he's, <laughs> like, he's like, it's always very uplifting and you leave feeling like spiritually cleansed and like you're in a better place. So he'll be like, oh, are you going to listen to your church on this drive? I'm like, I am. It's just fantastic and I love it. Well, thanks for coming on Access Podcast. It's my great pleasure. I mean, I would talk with you till the cows come home and then yeah. we'll talk to the cows anyway. Yeah. So this is just an extension it, of, of fun is. times with Maddie for me. And can I just say thank you to the city of Boston? Yes. Go Bruins, go Celtics. I won't say go Red Sox. I'm an A's fan. All right, thanks everybody for coming out and thanks for listening to Access Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. That was fun and live. You thought the audience was pretty big there, didn't you? Yes, I wasn't there. So when I was listening to it, it sounded like you're in a mall with hundreds and hundreds of people. It was about 400 people. By the way, I'm talking now to our producer, Morgan. Morgan, hi. Hi. Hello, Maddie. Just like with the interviews, I just jump into things. (laughs) We were there to do kind of a panel discussion for all kinds of people for Mm -hmm. WBZ in Boston. And then we got to do the live podcast. And I was kind of shocked at how I, I'm always shocked when I do anything live that anybody's that interested in what I have to say <laughs> that people but, show up yeah they were great and they were it was a great audience and it was a great time and, and Holly is a delight she's I don't want to say that she's my favorite person in the house stuff works office because other people might get upset <laughs> so I won't say it yeah okay so anyway, you'll just say you won't say it I won't say it okay I love Holly <laughs> so anyway we have got Three podcasts that you should listen to and binge. Just binge them. Mm-hmm. Binge a podcast. I just binged one from Wondery, The Psychiatrist Next Door. Ah, oh, I think I've heard of that one. It's all right. It's good, but... Is it binge-worthy? Uh, everything Wondery makes is very bingeable because they just know how to they know how to tell a story and leave off <laughs> another story. Bingeable. I like that Gosh, word. Wondery. They're so good. Anyway... I want you to tell me about some podcasts. Yes. So first one I have for you today is going to be called The History Chicks. And this is... History Chicks? Yeah. Tell me about The History Chicks. I don't know a thing about them. Yeah. It's hosted by some women and they introduce you to the female characters in history, either factual or fictional, some that we've heard of, some that we haven't, but they give you a little introduction, an overview, and they encourage you to explore more on your own about these women in history. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm a history nut. I read a book about Mary, who was the sister of Anne Boleyn. People don't know that King Henry had an affair with her first and Uh, had a baby by her. It's called The Other Boleyn Girl. They made a movie out of it, too, but that's a good book. But anyway, so let's check out a clip of it right now. Today, we're going to talk about Joan of Arc, the maid of Orléans, one of the patron saints of France. She's credited with turning the tide in the Hundred Years' War, saving France from English domination. One of the really neat things about Joan of Arc is all the information of her life is still exists. So we know a lot more about her life as a child and her life up to her death than we know about Anne Boleyn. History chicks. Yeah. What's up, chickies? I'm going to listen to that. All right, what else you got? <laughs> All right, next up, I have The Way I Heard It. 
It's with Mike Rowe. My friend. Oh, really? Longtime friend, Mike Rowe. How awesome. I've known Mike for 20 years, almost. That's funny. I had no clue. He did Evening Magazine in San Francisco when I did the morning show at Alice Radio. And I even had a, a time where we pretended the show got fired and I put Mike on in the morning and everybody freaked out. They were just like, yeah. Uh, and Mike, I remember when Mike did his first demo for Dirty Jobs and showed it to me and the people at CBS didn't like it. And he was like, nah, this is going to be something. And it was. Good for him. Mike's the best. He is He is everything you want him to be in real life. Really? He's exactly the same in real life as he is when he's doing his shows. He is a fantastic human being and upstanding person. You know, I kind of had that feeling when I was listening to his podcast because I've only seen him on Dirty Jobs but now he has this podcast called The Way I Heard It and it just I don't know you kind of get more of an idea of him as a person but more about this podcast it's the average episode length with this one is interesting to me it's only 10 minutes Mm -hmm. so if you say hey I don't have enough time to listen to these podcasts this is the one for you what he does is he sinks his teeth into the little known backstories of famous people companies events all these things in history So he takes 10 minutes, he'll dive into the history of it and make us curious for more. All right, let's hear the sultry sounds of Mike Rowe. As always, Julia began with a plan. When construction ended three decades later, Bill's family campground had been transformed into 123 acres of gardens, terraces, pools, and walkways, a zoo filled with exotic creatures, and in the center of it all, a new home with 165 separate rooms designed by the homemaker. He's got the kind of voice that when I started in radio, I I was convinced I'd never make it because everyone sounded like him. Not as good. He's he's exceptional, but Yeah. Uh, I could I, You're like, "Oh, yeah. I don't have that voice." Yeah. And it is fun <laughs> to like sit in a room and hear Mike and I used to drink together and not mm-hmm. not, you know, just after work we'd go have a beer or two together. And gosh, he's the guy you want to have a beer with and have him tell you a story. Really? Yeah. He's, he's, he seems he's, cool. I really like Mike. All right. What you got? All right. Another cool guy, Dan Carlin and Hardcore History. I don't know how cool Dan Carlin is, <laughs> but his show is his show is pretty phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. His show is cool. All right. So he's a winner of the iHeartRadio Podcast Award for the best history podcast. So oh, I had to mention this one. He should be the best history podcast ever made. I'm such a fan of his and the work he does on his podcast. But tell people who don't know about it. Yeah. So if you don't know Dan Carlin, he's a journalist and a broadcaster. But in this podcast, he takes his unorthodox way of thinking and he applies it to the past. So he asks all these crazy questions. For an example, was Alexander the Great as bad as Adolf Hitler? You know, things that are like, what? Yeah. But he'll take this unique blend of high drama and narration and twists and turns and puts it all in a podcast. In a very long podcast. So his podcasts come out like every four months Mm -hmm. because each one is almost six hours long sometimes because he does so much research into these things. So this is definitely not a podcast to jump into if you want a quick listen, but it is if you want a quality listen. Mm -hmm. Let's hear a little bit of it right now. Why didn't Adolf Hitler and the Nazis broadcast news and updates of what they were doing as part of the final solution while it was going on? I mean, why didn't they announce to the world through the Joseph Goebbels propaganda ministry that we set up these industrial killing facilities, but we'll work people to death first if they're strong and and explain, listen, last month we killed 100,000 more of these people and we won't stop till they're all gone. Why didn't they do that? I have gone to sleep to that voice so many times, I can't tell you. Really? Oh, I go to sleep to Dan Carlin all the time. 
Such a great voice to go to sleep to, actually. Oh, yeah. The series on World War One. if you can listen to that one, I tell everybody I think that's the that's a great one to start off with him, especially because I don't think a lot of people know a lot about World War One as they should. Right. So go check that out. Yeah, learn a lot on that one. Good job, Morgan. Oh, thank you. Yeah, all right. Thanks for giving us those suggestions. And thank you, fine listener, for tuning into Access Podcast, the podcast about podcasts. Morgan Cook is our executive producer. I'm Maddie Stout. want to thank, let's see, who are we thinking in iHeart this week? We're going to thank Connell Byrne, of course. We'll thank Will Pearson. We'll thank Darren Davis. I'm going to thank Robin Bertolucci this week uh, because yes. she's been so great and kind and give us studios here at KFI. And Oscar Ramirez. Oscar! Let's give Oscar a shout out. Shout out Oscar. I'm shouting everybody out today. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those at Maddie Stout, M-A-T-T-Y-S-T-A-U. D as in dog, T as in Tom. You can follow Morgan at Morgan Victory on all the platforms. And of course, you can find our show at Access Podcast One on Twitter and on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. And please, if you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It very much helps us out. We really would appreciate it. And tell your friends about it. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye-bye-bye.